as we look at our catechism, we're on question four, uh, what is the way of death? And I, I like that question because not only does death come through Adam's uh, sin, but we participate in that death and we uh, add to it through our own personal sin. So we, we hold to what is called original sin. And original sin is the fact that we are polluted by sin at our conception. And that pollution comes from <clears throat> our first parent, who is uh, who are Adam and Eve, our first parents. Uh, Adam sinned first, then Eve. And just as we receive the benefits of Jesus Christ through the new birth, we receive the penalties of Adam through our original uh, physical birth. And so the way of death is a life without God's love and the Holy Spirit, a life controlled by things that cannot bring eternal life, leading to darkness, misery, and eternal condemnation. So our first uh, text to help us understand this is Genesis chapter 2. And this is where God lays out the punishment uh, to Adam. Uh, Genesis 2, uh, 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may eat of every tree in the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For on the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Now, I've, I've asked this question many, many times. Did Adam die on the day that he ate of the fruit? Yes and no. Okay, well, why do you say yes and no? He died spiritually in his relationship with God. Okay. But he didn't die physically. Right. That's why I would say that. So he did die. And he died in a way that was most important. Um, you know, God could have said, your physical body will die, but your spirit will come directly to me. He could have said that. Uh, he really doesn't spell out how the death will occur. But he did die immediately uh, in his spirit, and his relationship with God was immediately severed. Sin severs relationships. Yes, ma'am. 
Okay, so when Jesus died, if I understand correctly, he died for not just the sins of the people living, but past and future. Correct. So was Adam's sin then eventually yes. paid for? Yes. So it is the, the wisdom of the teaching of the church that Adam and Eve will be in heaven. Uh, not because of their repentance or not because of anything that they did, but because of Christ. So everyone in the Old Testament uh, who had faith in God, uh, in, in effect had faith in what God would do through his son, whether they understood that or not. So Adam, So God made a promise to Adam, um, to Abraham. And Abraham believed that promise, and the Bible says, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So when we believe uh, in God's promises, <coughs> uh, when we, now that we live after the cross, when we trust in Jesus as our Savior, we are... Uh, there's a almost like a a transaction that takes place where Christ's righteousness is put into our account, and so when God looks at us, He no longer sees our sin, but He sees the righteousness of Christ. Okay, so this is why. Um, the reformers were so uh, upset is because the medieval Roman Catholic Church said, well, no, you have to do certain things to accumulate that righteousness. <coughs> you have to become righteous yourself. And the more righteous you become... Uh, either the less time or no time you spend in purgatory. So people that are declared saints, the, the Roman Catholic Church says those people went directly to heaven. Uh, you know, they, there may be other people that went to, directly to heaven that the church doesn't know about, you know, Christians that are living out in who knows where. But those people went directly to heaven. Um, the... Reformational churches say, no, we, we believe that the Bible teaches that anyone who believes and trusts in Christ are saints. And when a Christian dies, they're absent from their body and they're present with the Lord. So that's why when he, when uh, Paul addresses the different churches, he calls them the saints in Corinth, the saints in Ephesus, the saints in Colossae. Because a saint is someone who is made holy by God, through Christ, by faith. So the way of death uh, begins with Adam's sin. Um... So if you, 
if you think of it in ancient Middle Mid-Eastern terms, because this is how they thought. In some way, we were in the loins of Adam. Because out of Adam's loins came uh, Cain and Abel and Seth, and each generation proceeded from... uh, So if you go back further, far enough, you know, the Jews look at this and they, they say, we are, we are children of Abraham. Well, why did they say that? Because in, you know, a real sense, their, their personhood, we could say their DNA, found its origin in Abraham. Well, if you just go back a few more generations, uh, our DNA comes from Noah. You go back more generations, our, our DNA comes from Adam and Eve. So we were there, and this is the imagery that Paul uses. When, when we trust in Christ, uh, that's because the new birth has taken place, and spiritually, we have the spiritual DNA of Jesus. So he is not my genetic father, but he is my spiritual uh, father through spiritual DNA. I become the offspring of God uh, through the new birth that I have by the Holy Spirit in Christ. So secondly, let's go to Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, do the right thing. Numbers. Deuteronomy. Deuter- Deuter- Deuteronomy. Do the right thing. Eat the hominy. Mm-hmm. What chapter? 28-15. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God, or be careful to do all his commandments and his statutes that I command you today, then... All these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city. Cursed shall you be in the field. Cursed (laughs) shall you be be your baskets and your kneading bowls. Cursed shall you be uh, the fruit of your womb and the fruit of the ground and the increase of your herds and the young of your Livestock, curse shall be, curse shall you be when you come in, and curse shall you be when you go out. So this is a holistic uh, effect of disobedience. Everything. What do you mean by holistic? It touches everything. Oh, like a whole. A whole. Yes. It's like a whole, but it's also like an istic. So it touches every aspect of our human existence. So why is work frustrating? Okay. Well, it's because there's stupid people at work. Well, that may be true. And 
you may be one of those stupid people also, but work is frustrating. Work is not completely rewarding because sin affects every aspect of human existence. I mean, just look. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. I mean, just trying to get food. The curse is on that. Curse shall be just having children. Fruit of your womb and bringing in the harvest. I mean, when we lived out in Kansas, you have, you have things converging at the same time. So there would be just thousands and thousands of acres of winter wheat. And winter wheat is wheat that they plant in the fall and is harvested in the spring. So it's, it's a unique crop. And uh, it would be ready to harvest, you know, depending on where you lived, uh, anywhere from May to the end of July. You know, if you lived in southern Oklahoma, it would be May. And the harvesters with these huge combines would just work their way north. These teams of people would work their way north, uh, uh, being hired by these massive farms. So what, what also happens in May and June? It's tornado season, hail season. And so you could have crops that you know are going to be ready to harvest in like 10 days, two weeks, a month and get totally wiped out because of massive hailstorms. So your whole livelihood, or huge portions of your livelihood, will be completely destroyed because of hail, because of tornadoes. And so that, that is life here on Earth. We can prepare and we can be ready and there is always the potential of something terrible happening. And it's not God's fault. It is mankind's fault. Uh, Proverbs 14, who'd like to read that? Oh, Four, 14, 12. Thank you, John. How far should I go? Just, Just one verse. Oh. Proverbs 14, verse 12. Verse 12. There is a way that seems right to a man but it ends in the way to death. So common wisdom uh, leads... Common wisdom is not always God's wisdom. So we're going to... Common sense, right? Or common sense. Common sense isn't always God's sense. So... That's interesting. God has a wisdom that sometimes parallels ours, but is sometimes very different than ours. So there's a way that seems right to a man, but that way leads uh, is the way of death. John eight thirty four. <coughs> I can read that. Thank you. 34, just that verse? Yes. 
Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Right, and we're gonna we're gonna see this today. So I'll give you a little head start on our sermon. So there's in the Bible there are three types of people. There is the simple person, there is the fool, and then there is the wise person. Okay? Does Proverbs also use the word prudent? Prudent is wise. Smarty pants. So a simple person, we would look at Naomi as a simple person. She doesn't know the information. Okay, a simple person is like a child who doesn't know the information. You're not a simple person, then. Cut it out. Okay. So, you know, first time you see a stove, you turn this knob and then you put your hand on the top and you burn your hand. Well, the reason you did that is you didn't know. You didn't know that the top got hot. This is a serious question. Uh, does the simple also include people with mental disabilities? Yes. Yes. So in a sense, they're not held accountable. Because they'll touch the stove over and over because they don't know. Potentially. Then you have the fool. Okay? Does anyone here know a fool? <laughs> Good for you, Ben. Okay. Can I have the, the water, please? A thing of water. A fool knows the information, but decides to go against it. Oh, well, I guess we're all probably fools at times, aren't we? Okay. I mean, I am. So the fool knows that if you drink too much, you get a headache and you could vomit. A fool knows that if you put the needle in your arm, um, you know, if you share a needle, you could get hepatitis or AIDS. A fool knows that if I run a red light, I could get T-boned. Okay? So a fool knows the information and they go against it. So looking, thinking about Adam and Eve... Which were they? Were they simple or were they fools? Fools. So God was very clear. And uh, they went against God's information. Okay? People are... What's that? Does anyone argue that they're simple? No. I don't know. People argue that they didn't exist. This really didn't happen. The third type of person is the wise person. The wise person knows God's will and does it. They know God's will, and they they receive God's will as true. Okay? Uh, I guess there's a, well, the fool is kind of a rebel. So Satan knew God's will, and he uh, was a deceiver. He tried to trick people into following him. Okay, so these are the, the three types of people. Proverbs uh, 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 14 talks about that more, when, further down. Okay, that, would, you, would you like to read that, John? Sure. You feel like you want to read that? I kind of feel like I want to okay, read, read that. Uh, the simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. 
One who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. A man of quick temper acts foolishly, and a man of evil devices is hated. The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. So, you know, you, you could look at a, a young child, and they just will take any information as true. Or they will, they will argue with their parents, you know, Molly does this, why can't I do it? And the parent should have God's wisdom to train the children well, this is why we train them in the ways of the Lord. I have a yes, ma'am. Just a little. You just mentioned the devil and it's still Yeah. Did <coughs> God create the devil on purpose? Well, He created everybody on purpose, but the devil when was not created to be. No. 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 Uh, a lot of what we know is connecting the dots about the devil. Okay. So Lucifer, his name means the illuminated one. So it, it appears that there were three archangels in the Bible. There was Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer. And it also appears uh, that Lucifer was the the angel leading praise to God. And he didn't like every all the angels praising God. He wanted some praise. He wanted God's throne. And so he he had uh in some sense a choice about his existence and he was jealous of God. And apparently there was some type of rebellion in heaven. And uh, God cursed uh, Lucifer and uh, all the angels that followed him. And the Bible says that hell wasn't created for mankind. It was created for uh, the devil and the, the demons. But now humans will go to hell because of following Satan. So in a sense, there is a transaction taking place in the garden that Adam went from under the authority of God to the authority of Satan. Okay, so this is why if we turn... Uh, this is kind of a seminal verse, Ephesians chapter 2. But you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked. So notice, you have dead people walking. So it's not the type of death of a, of a unresponsive body. It's some type of death where people can still exist and uh, acquire things and walk around. Following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. So that's another name for Satan. He's a spiritual prince. The spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our bodies and minds, 
and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So this is some type of death where we are consumed by our passions, not consumed by the will of the Lord, and we are uh, captive to our passions and captive to the prince of the power of the air. Those are the people who are without Christ. So this is why it's a good um, illustration to think of it as the way of death. Because all these people are walking around and they don't have God, they don't have the Holy Spirit, uh, and their goal in life is to fulfill uh, their flesh and their passions and the desires of their body. And Paul says, uh, among whom we all once lived. So this is a common, there aren't people who are born not in this way. Everyone is born in this way. So this is one of the reasons why we baptize children, is because we want to reverse this effect ASAP. And that baptism then gives them the fundamental tools to embrace Christ at at one point. Okay? So that is the way of death. Can you save yourself from the way of sin and death? No. I have no power to save myself. For (laughs) sin has corrupted my conscience, confused my mind, captured my will. Only God can save me. Okay? So we, a person, when they, generally speaking, there are exceptions to this rule. Uh, John the Baptist was, had the Holy Spirit while he was still in his mother's womb. So God can give the Holy Spirit whenever he wants. Okay? But, generally speaking, Uh, I have no power to save myself, for my sin has corrupted my conscience, confused my mind, and captured my will. Only God can save me. So it's only God inserting himself in the lives of human people that enable us to save ourselves. But I'm confused because with free will, I thought that's the whole point we're supposed to learn about. So, free will, I don't like that phrase because it's, we only have a few minutes. Uh, We could talk about this next week. The, The human beings born without God and the Holy Spirit don't have a free will. They have choices that they can make. And they have the opportunity to make any choice they want. But because of their nature, they will never choose God. 
Um, I mean, that's the teaching of the of every, every uh, that's the universal teaching of the church. A person is, I mean, Catholic, Orthodox, <coughs> Anglican, Presbyterian, whatever. The only way that a person can can choose God is when God gives them the ability to do that. And one of the ways, the primary way he does that is through the Holy Spirit that we receive at baptism. So at after our after we receive the Holy Spirit, a person has uh a more free will. And depending on how you nurture that will will depend on how free your will is throughout your life. So without the Holy Spirit, without God, uh, our wills are captive. They're in bondage. This is why you can... Uh, argue all you want with someone. They will always choose what is according to their desire, what they what they think is good. And a person who has either grieved the Holy Spirit, uh, hasn't nurtured the Holy Spirit, will have desires that are not in in uh, line with God's will. So a person, this is why it, it takes, you know, a life of, of nurture and training a child on the way they, sh- they should go. Is because if you teach them that that baptism really was just a one-time thing, we'd have to worry about it anymore until you're 12 and we want you confirmed, and you don't have to go to, <coughs> to church and you don't have to learn the catechism of the church, and you don't have to learn the Bible, they're going to see that as something that's not important because of how they've been raised. And you can also have people that are very faithful to church, you know, for that two hours in the morning or whatever, but the other seven days a week, other six days a week, they're taught something completely contrary. And they're going to learn what their family says is important. So we do have a will, and that will is in bondage outside of Christ. It, it is, in a sense, reset at, at our baptism when we receive the Holy Spirit. But you also have to nurture that uh, in your children. And grandchildren. Okay, let's pray.